Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. In New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Anne Lundholm. Uh, last Friday's LRB was your December to Remember Fletch faves, uh, wherein Phyllis Fletcher shared clips of some ridiculous lies told by Jen Andrews and Luke Burbank. And if you haven't listened, I highly recommend going back for it. Uh, Phyllis also talked about what it was like for her as a professional journalist to cover the recent presidential election. It was really good stuff. Uh, today, however, is our recap of TBTL That Was. It's time to go over what happened on the show last week, and I've got some people on the line to lead the way. Joining us from Pawtucket, Rhode Island, is the man who said on Friday's show, quote, I mean, who cares? It's like a cake is a cake, unquote. <laughs> it's Bobby Pape. I don't know why you wanted to do the intro. <laughs> hmm. And I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was just in the moment. I'm really sorry. We'll see. And also here today, we are so happy that she's back on the show after her successful crossed fingers TMJ surgery from Dallas, Texas. It's Meredith all the way, trap jaw mayhan. Hi, Meredith. Hello, Anne. Go Browns. Just kidding. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, Meredith. <laughs> How are you? Pretty good. You sound like your usual self. Yeah, I just can't open my mouth all the way, so it's fine. We'll have all to put all the way on hold for a minute. Okay. Meredith, part of the way. Mayhem. Part of the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, today, as usual, we have some LRB business. We'll do our week in review. We've got some housekeeping, and uh, we'll tell you how you can get involved with the show. We have a few pieces of LRB business to start the show. Um, and I think the first thing that everybody wants to know is, Meredith, how are you really? Tell us everything. How did the surgery go? What have you been eating? What's the prognosis? Are you pain-free? <laughs> um, well, I don't think I talked about this at all before it happened, really, other than that it was going to happen. So I've been having um, jaw pain f and clicking and locking of my jaw for years, 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 probably since I was about 18. And I saw a jaw surgeon when I was 20 or so, and he said, oh, your problem's muscular. There's nothing surgery can do. So I just put it out of my mind. Um, and I did all the things I was supposed to do. I had a bite splint, um, you know, didn't chew bagels and, you know, really tried to rest my jaw, things like that. Didn't really help. And it was getting worse and worse. So I finally said, well, maybe I can get a second opinion. So I went and see, saw actually a few different jaw surgeons and was given the option of a rel relatively non-invasive arthroscopic procedure that would clean out the joint, um, bo both joints, and just kind of check out, see what was there, and then sew the discs back into place. Because there are two, there's a cushioning disc between your lower and upper jaw, and on both sides that would uh, slide forward every time I opened my mouth. And it, it was, so it was bone against bone. Um, yeah. and that's not good feeling. So they sewed that back into place. They found some scar tissue they were able to remove. So that by, you know, in and of itself should help a lot. And, uh, they put some steroids in the joint to help the disc heal. Cause on one side it was pretty inflamed. So, um, that was about, uh, let's see, probably took a three hours or so um, of being under. I woke up, I think I told you guys, crying from the <laughs> anesthesia. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's that I've only had a couple surgeries, but that has happened every time. <laughs> and I was told that um, women often wake up crying and men often wake up trying to fight. Oh, I thought that was fascinating. 
Um, so anyway, it was a day procedure. I didn't have to stay in the hospital. I came home. I had some pretty wicked looking cheekbones because it swelled up right in front of my ears. So I just had a really funny face shape for a few days and I couldn't open my mouth much at all. I couldn't really even fit a spoon in my mouth the first few days. So everything was through a straw. And uh, I took a hint from Jeremy and got myself a few cases of Soylent uh, as a meal replacement. And that's actually been good. I've kind of, um, I'm able to have soft foods now, but I'm still having the coffee kind for breakfast every day just because it's easy and I kind of like it. I might just keep doing that (laughs) indefinitely because it's so easy to just grab a bottle. It's got caffeine and a whole amount of uh, breakfast nutrition in it. So uh, that's actually been pretty good. And I've been making things like pasta and mashed up cauliflower and mashed up sweet potatoes and things like that. I just, I can't chew on anything yet. It gets too sore too quickly. Um, But in general, they said that things should be back to normal in about six to 12 months as far as just, yeah, it's got a lot of healing to do. Uh, It's been, you know, it's been messed up for years, so... It's kind of unrealistic to expect it to go right back to normal. Uh, I still have some pain, but I'm not taking Vicodin anymore. Um, I'm just taking a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. And that's doing, that's doing the trick most of the time. So I'm relatively pain-free and getting back up there. I can open a lot more than I could last week. So making progress. I'm glad I did it already. My, my mouth already opens a lot smoother and without clicking. So I'd call it a success. All right. Um, how, how was your uh, care? I mean, did all the animals do their part? (laughs) It was fine. Um, Duff only really took off that Friday that I had the surgery, and then he was waiting on me hand and foot all weekend. Um, He's a little bit more... Oh, what's a nice way to put this? A little scatterbrained. He can be a little scatterbrained sometimes. And uh, so he was in charge of giving the dogs all their medicine, and he swapped out at one of Eddie's for one of Molly's at one point. Uh, luckily, it was nothing all that big of a deal. Um, and then he also gave me the wrong medicine at another point. So what? <laughs> I don't think he's going to be getting his nursing degree anytime soon. <laughs> Did you get Eddie's or Molly's? <laughs> <laughs> My thyroid's in great shape now, dog wise. Uh, no, he get you know instead of like a Vicodin, he gave me a muscle relaxer. It wasn't a huge deal, but it was like that. I really needed that Vicodin at that moment, and I didn't want to layer them on top of each other. Or I'd probably stop breathing. So it was a it was a rough couple hours there, but we fixed it. Uh, well, Bobby, um, so Mike's had surgery. Meredith has surgery. Do you want to go next or should I? <laughs> uh, my insurance is good, but not great. So, Anne, <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs> I'll have to do an assessment and see if I think there's just anything find that something. To yeah, just find something you could get fixed. I totally believe in better living through chemistry and medicine. <laughs> Good. That could be that should be the title of your book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we're glad you're back. We missed you. Thanks. Thanks. Um, moving on, we have an update from business last week when I asked for advice about whether I should volunteer to work back at my second job on Christmas Eve. And I truly did want advice, and I received some excellent advice from a number of people, and the consensus was that I should do it. And so I sent my boss a text that I would work on Christmas Eve, and let me see. what She, she texted back to me, thanks, Miss Anne. I miss you more than words can say. So I think Aww. it's going to be a good decision to do that. So thank you very much, everybody. That was just what I needed. 
And our final piece of business, we have a Jam Tracker update. We got a donation this week from Michelle. Oh, I'm going to do the Luke uh, multiple pronunciation on this. <laughs> Michelle uh, Zinkovich or Michelle Zinkevich. The twins used to have a player named Doug Minkevich. So I think that's what I'm going to go with, Michelle, although that's completely random. So thank you very much for uh, helping us get out of a couple of jams. We are up to a total of 48 jams since July that we can get out of, or that's eight per person. Wow. I know. Yeah. It's great. I mean, we got to start uh, getting ourselves into some jams so that we can get ourselves <laughs> out of them. Yeah, it's too bad that most of the jams that we get into now are web hosting related. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> They're really, really boring jams. <laughs> I know. We need a like a thing in Tijuana. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that might be. Something really exciting that we can talk about in veiled terms afterwards. Someone yeah. gets stranded with something in their bags. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on the way back from Colorado or something. All right. If we don't have uh, any other business, let's roll on to the Week in Review. And Meredith, you're going to start us off. All right. Monday is 2260 Ice Ice Maybe. Uh, they're at Burbank Springs, and Addie and her boyfriend are over with their kitten, Patsy. Uh, my first thought is, who the hell travels around with a cat? <laughs> um, but Luke explains it's because they're having some work done on their apartment, and they aren't maybe exactly supposed to have a cat. Uh, I have been there. <laughs> I bet you have. Uh, I have. I've always had cats, and I lived in an apartment in college. Um, it was a great place. I loved it. You were allowed to have two cats, and I had three. So I was only mildly breaking the law, but uh, my sister lived in an apartment on the same floor. Uh, so when, when I was having work done on my apartment, I would bring one of them over to her apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Way to dodge a cat quota. Did they yeah. look similar enough that if they weren't numbered, you could kind of get away with just you Actually, know, interchangeable cats? Two of them did, yeah. <laughs> two of them. One of them's gray and white, and one of them's gray. And so most people couldn't tell, but I just didn't want to run the risk of all three of them showing up and being like, hey, plumber. Because <laughs> they were friendly. And uh, I just didn't want to take that risk. I was in college. I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't afford to like pick up and move to somewhere that would right. allow you to have three cats. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> Um, so Luke, uh, he's, he redoes the intro a little bit because he didn't enjoy the way he described the frozen Japanese fish story. And this is how we got ice, ice, maybe he redid the whole thing to give us that great joke. Oh um, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew describes that he's been feeling sick and it's because he will never stop drinking and smoking, even if he has a cold. <laughs> Oh, Andrew. And then he casually reveals that Sunday was his 40th birthday. That bastard. I'm so surprised. I mean, we all knew this, but I'm so surprised that he said this on the show. I know. It was an absolute 180 from his yeah. long stated <laughs> position. And for his 40th. I mean, that's a huge one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's just the. He, they talk about their age so much. That at some point they were going to have to address the fact that he was no longer in his 30s, but he's yeah. now in his 40s. And so that pivot point needed to be there for the sake of casual conversation. It did. I'm just very surprised he gave us the date. He told us that it was Sunday. So yeah. now everyone's got that on their calendar and he'll never escape our happy birthday wishes. 
Yeah. Even if he locks down his Facebook page and all of that stuff, there's, yeah, he's in it now. You can still send him emails, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He went out with Camaro Kev and others and drank a lot, pulled some tabs, woke up that Sunday feeling really badly. And he's thinking that he needs to not take cold meds so that it will keep him under control. Like, so he won't misbehave. I don't know. if If he doesn't know, he's hurting. Yeah. Yeah. I, this logic seems a little flawed to me. I don't care how much cold medication I've taken. I still know I have a cold. Well, yeah. And, and this reminds me of people who think that they need to feel their symptoms to get better. Like somehow their fever needs to burn away their, their cold and things like that. I know that's not what he's saying, but, but it struck me in the same way. Well, so. I mean, all I wrote in my notes for this was drugs make you feel emboldened? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> Depends on the kind of drugs. Well, yeah. And and on that vein, Luke says he thinks it depends on the alcohol he drinks, which sounds like alcoholic logic to me. (laughs) (laughs) Just change the kind of booze you're drinking when you're sick and you'll be fine. That's right. Except his logic was backwards to me. I think he did. He say he was get away from brown liquor. Yeah, he said whiskey was the worst. Oh no, whiskey's the best when you're sick. That's isn't why that they what put you it in put tea. in a hot toddy and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. My dad used to give us those when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's all starting to make sense, Meredith. Yep, yep. Um, I forget where it came from, but they start talking about how the study it out drop lady isn't funny anymore because truth is dead now that uh, Trump is going to be our president. Um, uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, we get more about this later in the week, so we can save that discussion for then. Yep. However, um, the I only drank eight beers guy, still funny, will always definitely, be funny. <laughs> definitely still funny. <laughs> That's definitely more funny than Luke ruining a blue cheese and bacon dip. <laughs> <laughs> Our top story for the day is the Japanese theme park called Space World that froze 5,000 sea creatures under the surface of an ice skating rink. Um, They got a lot of uh, flack for this. And they said as restitution, they're going to have a memorial for the fish and then use them as fertilizer. Uh, Luke was pretty upset about this until he read that they were dead before they froze them, which I am so skeptical about. Where do you get that many dead fish? Uh, they, I read a couple of articles, and it said that they got them from a local market uh, 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 from Traveler. Uh, the fish and shellfish featured under the ice were already dead when they were purchased from a market. And apparently they were fish that were considered un, unsellable for some mm. reason. Hmm. Not only were they dead fish, they were the old smelly dead fish that nobody wanted to eat. <laughs> So they, so they were going to go to waste anyway. Yeah, they got them for a deal. Uh, all right. I saw stingrays, which I love stingrays for some reason. That made me really sad. Do people eat stingrays? I would assume so. I, uh, yeah, I guess. All right. I don't know. Right. Uh, did you see the pictures? There was one picture that had a whole bunch of googly-eyed fish just half sticking up out of the ice. Ugh. And I thought, that can't possibly be... How would you skate around those? <laughs> Disgusting. They were just like half embedded. Ugh. Yeah, it was in bad taste, regardless of how they obtained the fish. Yeah, whose idea Hello. was this? Who thought that this would be a good thing? <laughs> Somebody who had fish and a rink and <laughs> some time yeah. and apparently some brown liquor. <laughs> 
Uh, Luke uses this opportunity to pontificate on uh, eating meat, uh, choosing your steak before it's cooked, reflecting on the reality uh, of the fact that meat is muscle of an animal, and hunting is okay with him. So it's kind of hypocritical that we have a problem with this, but then we will eat animals. Um, I agree. I was a vegetarian for a long time, and uh, just one day I decided I wanted to eat more meat more than I didn't want to eat meat. Uh, I can't really justify that decision or defend it. Yeah, I don't even know that I necessarily even find it that hypocritical, I guess. My position is that it's part of the circle of life and and the food chain. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we weren't supposed to eat meat, God wouldn't have made it so delicious. (laughs) I guess. And Luke also points. mm. I I was just going to say, I guess I I believe in treating animals humanely. I'm not down with factory farms and all of that. And I, I would like them to not suffer, but I don't have a problem with consuming them. Mm-hmm. Who we should really feel bad for is pizza, the polar bear who lives in a mall in China. And I do feel bad because that animal is being mistreated. Yeah. Uh, clearly. Uh, yeah. Uh, starting with naming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh, they get into zoo talk but um, there, there, we have a couple of zoos in the Twin Cities, and the, the Minnesota Zoo I like because it's it's pretty big and it's got a lot of room for the the animals to move around. But there is a, a local free zoo called the Como Zoo, and I I can't go there. I know their hearts are in the right place, but it's like whenever I see the giraffes in the tiny paddock. I just feel bad. And they have a polar bear there. And I guess they've um, completely redone their polar bear exhibit since I've been there. But he used to just be sort of laying on a concrete slab and Mm. looking kind of yellow all the time. I think when your polar bear looks yellow, that's a bad sign. And that just, uh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, Yeah. it is. I hate zoos. And when I tell people that, they think it's going to be a political statement or a, you know, a, a philosophy on animal preservation and and no it's really just that i hate zoos they smell like poop (laughs) when every time i went to the zoo as a kid it would be like 110 degrees out the day we went to the zoo and i would be miserable and uh this is completely on me but my attention span just doesn't allow for enjoyment of the zoo i walk up to an an exhibit i'm like oh look uh a bear (laughs) okay what's next (laughs) Like, I just don't have any appreciation for sitting there and doing it. And and I didn't go to a zoo for years until we were in St. Louis a while back, which has a beautiful free zoo courtesy pretty much entirely by Monsanto, which is something to think about. Right. And uh, they have booze, so you could buy a margarita and walk around at the zoo. <laughs> now, that's a good and, way to make a zoo fun. <laughs> and that was the saving grace. It's a beautiful zoo. Like, the architecture is great. The The animal variety is high. The exhibits, I'm told, are are good and spacious and i mean they look it i don't know from these things but but i mean if it hadn't been for the booze and the fact that it's like walking around an amusement park i think i watched more people than animals at that zoo mm-hmm. um andrew tells us a story about he how he was at a zoo doing a radio sh- story and dennis kucinich and somebody from the department of health and human services were there and he had to pretend to know how to interview them um, he got some sound bites. <laughs> Sounds like they just knew what to say. Uh, he was more interested in the mechanics of making a radio story uh, rather than being a journalist. Yeah, didn't he they... say that was his first interview ever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't prepared or planning on it at all. 
Uh, and then they kind of go off on a tear about dat machines. And I, I checked out of that. Yeah. Agreed. Discussion a little bit. Uh, and then we get the story from Luke about how he was, he says he was fired for this, but that story kind of changes that he, he signed off on the traffic by saying Luke Burt, Luke Burbank, Northwest Keiko News, because <laughs> of the nonstop <laughs> free willy coverage. I thought that was great. <laughs> Promote that man. Absolutely. And they went out with some weird Shirley Temple song, and then I stopped listening because I don't care about sports. Uh, I guess that's my cue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's not that I don't care about sports. It's just that getting it through the lens of Luke and Andrew is tough. Uh uh, let's see. In summary, uh, the Seahawks game was an ugly score, 14 to 5. Uh, I know from other places that's only the second time in NFL history that that has happened. Uh, we get a conversation about PI calls because it wouldn't be a week of right. uh, NFL football without our arguments on PI calls. Um, I think it was Luke. I have the quote and I forgot to attribute it in my notes, but it must have been Luke who uh, said that the offensive line needs to go through our quote conversion therapy program i don't think he meant to say it that way Mm, probably not um he also uses the expression chicken wire and chinese newspaper is what's holding it together and i've just started to take note of the phrases that luke uses because a couple of weeks ago he compared the o-line to uh cigar store indians hmm so he's really working through the mildly race related um (laughs) Uh, phrases like they're not offensive they're just kind of weird coming from a luke burbank um there is conversation about whether or not andrew should adjust his flights to get around the super bowl uh, uh so that he can make sure that he and genevieve get to see it coming back from their trip or heading out to their trip i don't remember which end of their trip it's on and this is when i messaged uh mike and jeremy and i just said I don't know why Andrew and Luke are so concerned about him getting to watch the Patriots and Cowboys in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I love all of you Seahawks fans, and I, I have a place in my heart for the Seahawks because of this show. But uh, I, I'll be very happy for you if the Seahawks get in the Super Bowl. But um, I feel like that would be very close to me planning on the Bills getting in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like it just uh, it, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, a couple of other side notes uh, after these messages is handing off their Super Bowl's commercial episode to friends uh, just a scheduling note from Andrew because they're going to be on vacation they're giving up their biggest show of the year to uh, guest hosts uh, and uh, <laughs> Andrew did not watch the Browns game uh, from end to end he just couldn't do it yeah well, really what's that's, the point yeah exactly so that's it that's your no point conversion all right, let's move on into Tuesday, eleven twenty nine, number twenty two sixty one, footballbiscuit.net. We're reaching on that title, guys. A little bit. <laughs> uh, they immediately start out uh, with talk about the Shane Company, and the Shane Company has come up enough peripherally that I'm surprised it took them this long to get to it with uh, how Andrew feels about it and uh they start by uh luke talking about how the fictional talk show premise of the recent commercials just doesn't hold up and um andrew hates tom shane i think that this is a little much 
perhaps a little strong of a response, but he thinks that Tom Shane is condescending and borderline emotionally abusive in these commercials. And I don't see that at all. He's just boring. Yeah, he's bad at radio commercials. Yeah. I I don't know where Andrew gets this idea that he's sort of hectoring the person on the fake radio show with him, but... I don't see it at all that way. Um, I wasn't aware that Shane Company wasn't national because we have Shane Company ads here. But I looked it up. They have 20 stores in 13 states. Um, did you guys grow up with these commercials? I had never heard of it in my no. life. Huh. They must just hit the uh, TBTL hot zips. Although... I guess back then it wouldn't have been Minnesota so much. Yeah, they, I think they have two stores here, maybe. So I've been hearing those commercials forever. I didn't know that it was really a thing. But uh, they are, they're not um, local to the Seattle area either. They're from Centennial, Colorado. And uh, it was established in 1971. And I believe it's the largest privately owned jewelry store chain in America. So I thought that was <clears throat> interesting. Uh, and their idea is to just tune in live into 710 ESPN and see if they what the chances are of actually getting uh, a Shane Company commercial. And first they get the a horrifying Alan Thicke tax prep <laughs> commercial. <laughs> but then... So glum. <laughs> I know. Then sure enough, they get the Shane Company ad. And uh, I think Andrew's never been prouder. Of when they, they hit that chain company ad. Um, and then Luke talks about how he was almost the voice of something called car toys, which I don't know. And they wanted him to be a, a Van Wilder type of, I guess, friendly frat boy. And it was all going to be a thing. And then all of a sudden it wasn't a thing. And, um, so he brings his knowledge of the commercial business to the discussion, I guess. Yeah, have either of you seen the movie Van Wilder? Mm-hmm. No. So I I feel like so it's it's a it's a delayed Arrested Development coming of age story. He's been in college for like seven years. He's basically ready to graduate, but mentally he's not ready to move on from college. So he's become the king of college. Then he falls in love with a journalist and. Awesome trope, by the way. Anytime you need somebody who has scheduling mobility and curiosity, just make them a journalist. Um, and uh, he learns that it's time to, you know, go on and he helps younger people along the way. And so he comes off as a jerk, but really is just a mush. Um, I, it would have been great to hear him come into a read for car toys with all of that plot development. <laughs> <laughs> But weren't there a couple of Van Wilder sequels? I thought Probably. of like direct-to-video. Yeah. I didn't stuff. see any of those. No. <laughs> I actually am just impressed I remembered that much about the plot of Van Wilder. But, but I, I watched just... it many times, but only because I really like to, to watch Ryan Reynolds. Uh, yes. Well, sure. Agreed. Uh, top story today is the... Hot Christmas gift for this year is the Nintendo NES Classic Edition. I'm kind of lost on the Nintendo talk because my parents didn't allow us to have game consoles. I think my brothers had a couple of Game Boys, but other than that, we never had any of that stuff. 
So, um, but there's a whole generation of people that has an extremely fond feeling for the NES. Uh, I we got one very early on, and um, I remember, oh gosh, I was pretty young. I don't remember what year those came out, but I was under five, and I remember watching my brother play, um, and then getting hooked on it myself and my sister. We had a Nintendo, and then a Super Nintendo, and then an N sixty four, and on and on and on and on. So we've always had one, um, and I've always liked video games, and I probably always will. I grew up in an Orthodox uh, Sega Genesis household. So all of the NES talk is lost on me. But you can talk Sonic until the cows come home? Yeah, really, that was one of the only games I had. I just never took to it. Um, You know, I always thought that that the real world was out there, outside. It is in 3D. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) No, I just was never good at video games, so I never never caught on to it. I tell Sam once in a while, the only time I got into video games was as a freshman in college when I realized I didn't have to do anything but play Madden and Grand Theft Auto that my... Across the hall, roommates, uh, uh, PlayStation Three became my best friend for a little while, and that's still what I long for because I'm stuck in that moment of wanting mm-hmm. to just do that once in a while. Sure. Uh, so I don't have any great blowing into cartridges talk. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> we did that all the time, and they made little kits. You could buy these dumb little kits that were just rubbing alcohol and a fiber cloth or something <laughs> to clean clean the cartridges because any amount of dust would cause them to stick and and quit. So you had to make sure they were pristine. And somehow blowing a bunch of kids' spit into them was was the solution. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so Luke actually has a, a Nintendo. Not this new one, I guess, but an, an older one that Addy gave him. And Andrew, of course, still has his original uh, Nintendo. However Boy, old that is. This nostalgia yeah, is 35 amazing years to me. old. Mm-hmm. So he's kept that, and then he talks about keeping all his old cell phones. I know. Isn't that weird? That seems a little like urine in jars to me. (laughs) Like, I don't... (laughs) Why are you keeping these things? I know. Where do you put them? He talked about how his his sense of nostalgia is really tactile. So he has to have those, like, physical elements in order to access the memories, I guess. Boy, oh boy. I don't know, but... Think about having to haul those. How many times has he moved? I know, and he lives distance? in an apartment. I live in a house with closets, and I can't fathom doing that. Plus, you get money back for trading in your old phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a while, I had some of my old phones because it was the era in which you always kept your last old one in case yours broke. Right. Mm-hmm. And then by the time that would cycle through, it wouldn't be worth anything. But I finally just threw them out on a spring cleaning spree one day, like... I didn't, there was no memorial for them. I just sort of realized, oh, I have like four phones and I really don't need them. Plus they were, you know, flip phones and phones with keyboards, as was Mm. my want for a very long time. (laughs) And, uh, you know, those were never coming back. They don't, they don't even work anymore. No. I mean, I guess I'm all for being sentimental, but I don't know. I guess we all express it in different ways. And Andrew goes on in the context of this conversation to talk about his friend Tony. I always get mad when Tony comes up because he always seems like such a little asshole. <laughs> um, Tony's dad apparently was a jeweler and he would hide real gold around the house, which seems crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and um, he apparently got a, a Nintendo cartridge for Tony that had 82 games on it that... 
did did Andrew get this? I was a little confused by this point. I think it was at Tony's house. Was, yeah, it was at Tony's house. They played uh, uh, it. I may have misheard, but I understood that Tony, it was Tony's until Tony got a better one. Oh, right. Oh, and yes. then Andrew got the hand-me-down yes. 82-game cartridge. We had a couple of these. You could buy them out of the back of like Nintendo Power Magazine, and they were pirated, and they were garbage. Yes, he, he does talk about how it was basically a series of Chinese bootlegs and copycat games. And mm-hmm. um, uh, Luke talks not specifically about these, but I think about all Nintendo games in general of that era that they had really poor dialogue. He talks about Mike Tyson's Punch-Out specifically. <laughs> well, of course, any Mike mm-hmm. Tyson game is going to have bad dialogue. Come on. <laughs> and... Um, Luke was, as he says, uh, somewhat hypocritically, due to his current stance, he was a world-class video game watcher, which I was too, because I've never been particularly into playing video games, but my brothers liked it on the just PC games. And it was more about spending time with my siblings than actually playing the games. And I guess we haven't done it for a few years now, but still, even into adulthood, as long as I have a Diet Coke, I'm fine. Well, I'll just sit there and watch them play fighting games. But so Luke really wasn't very good at the, the video games himself, but he did like to watch his friends. And that's how he knows about Mario Brothers Minus World, which is a glitch <laughs> where you can get into some secret level, which and I looked it up. It is the most famous glitch in video game history. Yeah. And then I wrote down in my notes, blah, 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 gameplay. They talk about that for a long time and some <laughs> trick of getting unlimited lives. Yeah, we did that all the time. You don't play without unlimited lives and it's no fun. <laughs> uh, and then moving on, um, there is a Snapchat version of uh, the Google Glass coming out, which apparently is going to work much better, be more popular than Google Glass because it's not dad tech. I don't know. And uh, Luke actually says that he wants them. He would like to have them for filming Rudy and Olive because I guess it's too much work to pull your phone out of your pocket and hit the button. I don't know. The- if you've ever seen my Facebook, you know it's not that hard. <laughs> no. I th- And they're going to be $130 for kind of janky plastic looking glasses. And this holds no appeal for me whatsoever. Probably because you're not sending high school students nude pictures of yourself. I think that's what Snapchat's for. Ah, okay. Well, I guess I have something to work on then. (laughs) And we probably should avoid the details from here for legal reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Luke tells the story of a similar pair of sunglasses that he had. I mean, without the the camera function that... uh, Andrew and Veeves and Vanessa apparently gave him shit about to the point where he just stopped wearing them because he was embarrassed. But Andrew corrects the record and says there was one comment one time by one person. (laughs) That's more criticism than Luke can handle. They should know that. Yes. (laughs) And Andrew goes into something about how uh, the problem with sunglasses and why he doesn't want to have sunglasses is because they're easily lost. To which I wrote down, nope, because I've had the same $12 pair of sunglasses from Kohl's for the last five years, and I've never had a problem not being able to find them. So that's yeah. a personality trait. That's not a function of sunglasses. 
I've had the same cheap pair for a long time, and I, I, I finally went and got an, a nice expensive pair, and I lost them immediately. So, Oh, yeah, you can't do that. That's the trick for me. When I was in college, I got uh, – a new prescription and so i got a pair of prescription glasses and a pair of prescription sunglasses put the prescription sunglasses on on my way home from getting the glasses and immediately lost the regular glasses literally never found them i have no idea what happened to them so i went back and i was just like yeah i don't really like these uh sunglasses lenses because they had a return policy (laughs) and i had them swapped out for regular glasses um, which is one of the many reasons I now rock the transitions that Christy loves so much. <laughs> well, uh, you solved your problem. Yeah, I have two pair of uh, glasses now that are both transitions, and I like them both. But I, it's time for me to get a new prescription and replace all of these. So I have a serious decision to make. Am I a grown-up now? Can I handle having a separate pair of sunglasses again? Uh, the, we'll see. I don't know. Well, I guess it's easier for me because I, I wear contacts, so I can just have any old pair of cheap old sunglasses yeah. and stick them on that my head. That is easier than switching between yep. two. That's kind of a pain. Yep. Well, way to brag. Thanks, Anne. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, if you are a really good boy, you could have contacts too someday. Oh, no. That's a terrible idea. I, I just can't bring myself around. People do it all the time, but I can't imagine poking myself in the eyeball every day. I just can't do it. You get used to it. Yeah, it does take some getting used to. I'm uh, I'm so squeamish about that kind of stuff. There's just no way. All right. You're lost. Uh, voicemail today. Somebody who I forget the name who lives in Bellingham saw a shirtless guy on a unicycle carrying groceries. And there was a little bit of a, a <laughs> debate on whether he was just uh, carrying groceries by themselves or if he had them in a bag. He probably I'm, had him in a bag. <laughs> I really wish that he was just juggling them. That would be better. Yeah. Well, that would disturb the ferret on his shoulder, though. <laughs> I just assumed it's like every movie. Whenever you see somebody on TV or in a movie with groceries, it's one paper bag mm-hmm. with a loaf of French bread sticking out the top and some leafy greens. Yes, yep, usually exactly. celery, I think. Celery. Yeah. 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 Um, emails. There's an email from Robin and Tenver. Uh, about something called the Binaka Challenge, going back to Binaka Blast, and that's how many times can you spray the Binaka under your tongue? We did this in middle school. You did? Yeah. How many yeah. can you do? It's awful. Like, uh, well, after a while, it gets numb. So you have to you have to reach the point of of terrible pain, and then it gets numb, and then you can just go forever. Sounds productive. I have never done this, and I think I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> Agreed. Well, I have to look into alternate breath freshening materials because I definitely can't chew gum oh, anymore. Oh, that's true. So this actually kind of piqued my interest, but I think I'm going to go with mints because I like having something in my mouth. Yeah. I don't isolate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mentos mint tins. uh are the solution that we've come up with here because uh, Sam just got braces fairly recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the way we're going now. We're rocking the Mentos mints. They're actually very good. I didn't realize they, they're sort of, they've gotten better, which I know sounds stupid. <laughs> they have. The Fresh Maker? Yeah, but oh, not like the out. not like the gummy white discs of Mentos. They, they now have these little... Um, uh, small pea-sized uh, 
mints that are they're very good. Hmm. I'll have to look them up. Mm-hmm. See, the, uh, just uh, Google the checkout at any grocery store. <laughs> okay, you'll find them. <laughs> and finally, today uh, we get a sharp shot from the Stubot who says, "This must go back to uh, the no point conversion because I didn't remember it." But there is no football player nicknamed the Biscuit. And yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's where I guess the title of the episode comes from. And I think that's all for Tuesday. Yeah. There is a minor league baseball team named the Montgomery Biscuits. And they have the best logo ever because it's a little guy who's a biscuit with feet and hands and eyes. <laughs> and the biscuits split open and the pad of butter is its tongue. Oh, delicious. It's incredible. They really, I, I have a place in my heart for goofy minor league baseball team names. And there's a lot of strategy that goes into them. And a lot of it is about people just wanting to buy their merchandise. And you'll see hipsters all across the country pop up with a Montgomery Biscuits t-shirt because it's just so cool. Oh, my God. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it has Isn't googly eyes. Yeah. Well, how could you not if you're full of butter? <laughs> uh, yep. Montgomery Biscuits. Good call. Uh, and with that, I'll take it to Wednesday. We'll go to 2262. Aloha, Jabroha. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm impressed Andrew got that out. Aloha, Jabroha. Uh, this is the Chicago preview show. Uh, Andrew is a little sick still. Uh, and we get a side note as they talk about heading to Chicago that Dave Ross loves Nuts on Clark. And yet... The dozens of times uh, Luke went to Chicago and back while working with him, he never once brought him in. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, before I get too far, there's also a Simpsons drop in the intro. Just uh, getting that out of the way. Uh, then we get a sort of detailed Chicago trip preview. I didn't want to get too far into the notes on this because we sort of see it come to fruition right. uh, throughout the course of the next couple of days. Um Ex- uh, exclamation points or as uh, I know Emily calls them excitement marks mm-hmm. uh, equal a smiley face there's a whole conversation about the use of extra exclamation points and and whether or not they're just sort of a precursor to emoji mm-hmm. I find uh, that I do have to check myself a little bit on the exclamation excited marks yeah, I usually read back and I think, what am I trying to say? And does this need one of these here? And I, I frequently swap them out for regular old periods. I do. It depends on who I'm talking to. If it's a casual acquaintance, I will use exclamation marks so that what I'm saying doesn't sound glum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, do you want to meet at this time at this place? And I just say, yes, period. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that's a tough thing. You know, we talk through Facebook Messenger pretty regularly when we're, you know, planning the show, if say that very loosely. And um, just like any other time in text, inflection's so hard to read sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I just assume you all hate me. That's well, a good assumption. That's true. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, Andrew tells us about his favorite Dilbert cartoon with the caveat that we all know that scott adams is a monster i know doesn't that make you <laughs> such sad? a monster i like dilbert a lot when i was me too 
the 13, 14, 15. It really does make me I sad. like Dilbert before I ever worked in an office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've said it on this show before. I had Dilbert books as a kid. I have a Dilbert 2016 page a day calendar now, which old pages from uh, I'm currently taking notes on for this show. I do that every <laughs> week. It's kind of my little tradition. Uh, but that means you're enriching that monster. <laughs> I didn't know. I really didn't uh. know. I know. I need a new. Uh, so last the year before, 2015 was the New York Times crossword puzzle page, page a day. This year was Dilbert. I got to find something new again because I can't bring myself to whatever 50% off is at the calendar kiosk <laughs> in the mall <laughs> is still too much for him. We'll get you an adorable kitten's calendar. That's not hurting anybody. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Um, I dug up his favorite Scott Adams uh, Dilbert cartoon and posted it to the Stens page. So if you'd like to see it, it's there. I also posted mine for those of you who are curious, uh, because Dilbert website is actually surprisingly searchable. Um, TBTL could take some archive notes from from that. <laughs> uh, we get a strong donation plug uh, just in time to be a day late from Giving Tuesday. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> TBTL has launched a new round of um, donations for prizes uh, on the APM website. Uh, some people speculated on the Stens page that this is somehow probably based on poor management, and then the rest of us told them to shut up. That's completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> what this really is, is that I'm sure they have closets full of TBTL extra swag, and everything about them must go. So yep. um, if you didn't get your dolls yet, or your lunchbox, or your... Uh, thermal insulated cooler mug or your your you know classic diner mug which i'm drinking from right now uh go to tbtl.net look for the donation link all of that is available uh if you're willing to part with some of your money in a donation to tbtl uh i was really happy to see that because every time there's a donation drive about a week later somebody's like i didn't get dolls so Mm. (laughs) now you can get dolls uh and uh (laughs) I think it's Luke who said, quote, think of money as a good thought we can spend on things. <laughs> it's a good way to describe money. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, top story from Wednesday. Uh, whoever can come up with a solution for pooping in a spacesuit gets $30,000 from NASA. Uh, and we thought that all the scatological talk was done last week. <laughs> it's never done. <laughs> I came up with some ideas, but they're highly surgical. And that just might be because of my... Uh, Yeah, uh, I'm out of my element on this. So uh, I just went with my usual advice, which is to hold it. For six days? (laughs) You do what you got to do. Just eat light beforehand if you know that it's coming. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Just no coffee. Uh, You'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, the guy, the, the conversation here is, is this a publicity stunt or are NASA's, uh, rocket scientists genuinely baffled by this? Uh, and either way, Hey, good for them getting some press. I'm all for NASA, uh, doing whatever it, it, they need to do to get a little more attention and maybe a little yeah. more money. Yeah. Can't it be both? It's, yeah. it's an excellent publicity stunt, but also I can't imagine that the NASA scientists really want to spend a lot of time at this point thinking about yeah, they probably have other poop. things to do yeah like, like saving the space program mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so uh hats off to any of you who can figure that out uh, we also get a really creepy garth brooks video that's apparently from 2014 maybe 
from his introduction to Facebook. He's not the social media type. No. But someone <laughs> sat him down and said, this is a way to talk to your fans. And so he has decided to give us the raw take on uh, Garth Brooks. <laughs> if I didn't know what this was, I would think it was a Tim and Eric sketch. <laughs> Oh, it's so creepy. Yeah. Uh, I have a confession that I don't think I've ever made on the show before. But my first real major big deal headliner arena concert was a Garth Brooks concert. Hey, there's wow. there's nothing wrong with Garth Brooks, man. No, he, he's a he's a generational definitely uh, uh, leader of his genre. And when I was a young kid, my grandmother listened to nothing but country music all the time and it was that really bad early 90s pop country and so so much of that was ingrained in me that when i heard that garth brooks was coming to the carrier dome in syracuse i had to go and i made my mom take me i mean i was very young um and we went and got tickets we went to syracuse stood in line got tickets because that's what you did and then we went back out for the concert and somewhere deep in the Deep in the archives at home, there's probably a $10 signed picture of Garth Brooks. <laughs> I think the only Garth Brooks song that I know is Friends in Low Places, but that's not a bad song. No, it's not at all a bad song. Um, and, and he's got other songs that are perfectly reasonable for their era. Um, but uh, it's still the sort of lowest common denominator country music. Mm-hmm. He looks a little bit interesting these days. Whatever it is, he's showing up a lot lately. He must be promoting something. He's performing, and his face looks a little, I don't Has know. Has he had some work done? Yeah, he, he's a little shiny. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, I think he's got, I don't know if it's a book, or he's got something coming out. And I know because he popped up on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me recently. Ah. And was charming, actually. Surprisingly charming there. Uh, and Trisha Yearwood had also recently been on, wait, wait, within the last few months. And so there was some conversation about that because they're married. And um, I don't know exactly what he's plugging. Maybe Chris Gaines is going to make a return. That would be pretty great. What? It? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get some real dark talk uh, sort of in the middle of the show. Luke just bringing up that, you know, his longtime want, if he ever ends up in a vegetative state, to be... Um, uh, to be propped up with strippers and a drink once in a while, just to, <laughs> to keep him stimulated, uh, has changed. He's now come around to what I would call a more reasonable outcome, which is that he wants to to not be kept alive on machines and all that because of the burden on his face. Basically, he's a responsible adult now. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of in the middle of some really light conversation. I don't remember exactly how we got in and out of that, but I just thought it was worth noting that Luke's growing up. Uh, the story about beef tallow in the five pound note leads us to talk about how people are using cash. Andrew's using cash more and more, um, whereas Luke is still struggling to Apple Pay. <laughs> the it's that- literally so easy to set your default card. I can't. <laughs> Every time he talks about how confusing this is, I want to scream. Uh, I thought to myself, because we knew you were going to be on the recap by Wednesday. I thought to myself, somehow mentally, he knows Meredith is back. Yeah. <laughs> I can't clench my teeth. It's bad for me right now. Just chill out, Luke. I'll send him a screenshot of the settings. 
and the question that you guys put in the notes too, uh, what do you do with a small amount of change? I think it was 19 cents on the show. Mm-hmm. Throw uh, in your change jar. Yeah, well, this was uh, F at Silver's going in this, talking about the penny exchange, the take a penny, leave <laughs> a penny. About how, how it, it really throws off the whole system if you put a dime or a nickel in instead of just <laughs> pennies. <laughs> People won't know what to do with themselves. I just... Hang on. Come I will on. Say, so this is the sound of my uh, change bowl. It's actually a a wooden bowl that used to have uh, caramels in it from Trader Joe's, and it Ooh. it's a little it's a little quarter heavy right now, which is good because I I fish them out for parking once in a while. So um, it's just like an open bowl. It, it has a lid that I'm not using right now. I used to use a tin, but it was far too loud. Oh, that would have been all over my floor by now. It's so heavy, and it's wide. So um, I don't know why I started using this. My biggest problem is that the, one of our banks used to have one of these like Coinstar-style machines, but with no fees, mm-hmm. and they shut it down. So I'm really oh, too no. lazy to roll all this change. Uh, but eventually, I'll just sit down one day and do it. And, uh, you know, that'll be a I, surprise. It's probably I'd like probably, $40 with the change. Yeah. I'd probably take the hit on the Coinstar to avoid spending time rolling all those things. That's a good point. I actually use all my change. Am I a weirdo? It's no. because I have to go across the street from work to the McDonald's and get Diet Coke. And I just pay cash for that. And it's oh. $1.82. So there you go. There's all my change. You just flip out your pocket and slide it over? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's we don't have to carry change in our pockets if we have a purse, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not a huge burden. Yeah, I have a very specific set of things I like to have in each pocket, and so change does mess me up. Mm-hmm. And, and I have noticed from my retail perspective that um, men in general are less likely to dig for exact change. They're much more likely just to give you a $20 bill. And then get the change back. So for you guys, that must really build up. Yeah. Uh, mainly what happens is I'll hold on to change through the course of the day and I will use it if I have it. But at the end of the day, it goes in the bowl. Huh. So I always start the day fresh with no change in my pocket unless I'm smart enough to grab some quarters for parking or something. So mm-hmm. um, we've probably extended change conversation longer than it was worth. <laughs> Oh, I did want to say one more thing about change that I do. One of the small ways that I feel good about myself in December is whenever I pass a Salvation Army kettle, if I have any change, it all goes in there. Just one one little thing. That's a good way to like get to rid do. of it. Yeah. 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 And I will say I always feel bad because I usually don't have change as I'm walking past those. Maybe I'll start f- uh, laundering this change back out to charity. <laughs> Uh, Andrew is all over Genevieve's Christmas gift. He's already got it. He mentioned that it came from Nordstrom. So I guess enjoy your itchy overpriced sweater. Ooh la la. It could be a nice robe. (laughs) It could be a nice robe. Uh, My robe came from Brooks Brothers, and I love it. Fancy. Um, And uh, Luke mentions that Carrie has the Christmas birthday conundrum. Which So do I. So do I. It's not a conundrum to anyone who has it. The answer is don't cross the presents. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Unless it's a ridiculously nice Toomey suitcase. Thank you, Sam. Don't cross <laughs> the presents. I thought that this was common knowledge, though. How can Luke still be thinking that this is an acceptable solution? 
well, it's basic etiquette, so it's probably in the dark for him. <laughs> uh, we get an email from Stu, who loves the Tom Shane Lycus impression from earlier in the week. Uh, the guys tried to double down on their dipping in uh, by dipping in on some Tom Lycus live, and it doesn't pay off at all. That was just incomprehensible to me. Yeah. 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 Uh, we get an email also from a newer listener asking, who the hell are Stu and Camaro Kev? I love I, knowing that we get new listeners. I know, I do I too. Know. So exciting. Uh, and Andrew wants to join the Eagles, uh, as Phyllis did a while back, uh, or tried to. Or didn't. Right. Yeah. Uh, but based on this higher power question, similarly concerned, Luke says that his higher power is lying, so that's perfect. <laughs> Uh, my only other note from Wednesday is that um, Andrew's a little worried that if they join the Eagles, uh, he and Genevieve are just going to become that old couple who drinks together in the dark in a lonely bar and has Virginia Woolf-style arguments. <laughs> a nice oh, did, literary reference. Didn't Luke say that that was sort of the four um, the four um, compass points, I guess, of Andrew's life with alcohol, old people, darkness, and pull tabs? That's his pretty yes. bar. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that on so many levels. Uh, I'm going to keep us going through Thursday, 2263. Frickin' Frack, the Dang It Brothers. Uh, we get the Continental Breakfast Key and Peel sketch as the intro. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites. Uh, the guys are at the Virgin Hotel, and Luke is sitting on an ottoman that sounds like farts. Um, <laughs> A likely story. Mm -hmm. uh, are they in the loop? That's the dying question, the burning question for this week. Uh, that I, seems like it might be just slightly hard, harder to figure out than what ocean you're looking at. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't look it up. Uh, did you guys look? Did anyone look at a map? Do we know if they're in the loop? No. I could not care less. Me neither. <laughs> they're in the loop or out of the loop. Um. I'm I'm looking very quickly right now, and I I want to say I believe they're in the loop, <laughs> but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Chicago tens, get at us! <laughs> uh, they talk about uh, sort of enjoying Chicago. Luke really wants to go on the architecture tour, and it's not even his first time. But he says it's the most cliche thing to do in Chicago, and I would say no. That's probably having your picture taken at that giant shiny bean. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Uh, he also calls Andrew a little, quote, wannabe Caroline in the city. <laughs> he clearly watched that show. Yeah. He makes way too more many, than it should. Yeah, way too many references for it. Uh, I don't think I, I mean, I, I'm sure I saw it at some point, but I have no memory of Caroline in the city other than the intro, the title card. I just have memories of the commercials. Yeah, I, I know that I watched it quite a bit. It was part of the NBC must-see, like, in the block with friends. Yeah. Uh, we also get some expressions. Um, the downside to the architecture tour is that it is uh, colder than a well digger's ass out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still not as offensive as uh, RCH last week. Oh, boy. Um, yes. Uh, so there you go. The one that I always learned, I don't remember who taught it to me, some old person in my life, uh, is being busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> Which means we need Mike to enter an ass-kicking contest. 
uh, so we can get I'd a baseline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need him to do that, and I need someone else with a stopwatch. You know Mike would just find someone else to do it for him. <laughs> so the question is, how long would it take Mike to get someone to yes. Tom Sawyer? Yeah. <laughs> uh, mention of the Cheeseburger Cheeseburger restaurant. Uh, I went last time I was in Chicago. It's okay. It's overrated. Um, they make a joke about uh, pitchforks. Uh being both uh, Mob and the music festival, that joke breaks down pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they spend too much time trying to analyze it. And Andrew says he would move to Chicago as a young man in the Midwest. That was the big city. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Half, maybe 75% of the people I went to high school with wound up in Chicago. Sure. Um, everyone I went to college with ended up in New York and then left two and a half years later when they couldn't mm-hmm. afford the rent anymore. Mm. Yep. Uh, L, uh, Luke tells us about, um, uh, sorry, I had L in my notes for Luke, but in Chicago, I couldn't remember if it was the train or not. Uh, <laughs> Luke tells us how in his early days at NPR at day to day, he saw an email blast looking for suggestions for wait, wait, don't tell me guests. And he misunderstood it not to be people you've had on your show, but if you want to come on the show. And he offered himself. <laughs> I crawled into bed and put a pillow over my head in embarrassment for him. I, I would die if I had done that. I would die of embarrassment. <laughs> Just leave NPR and never come back. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, apparently no one saw that email because later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked out. Uh, well, uh, launching Bryant Park Project, they had him on uh, first as a guest and then as a guest host. Uh and that is how he got his foothold with Wait, Wait. Uh, Luke was a little shaky on the timeline for all of that and eventually just tells us all to ask Lynn for it. <laughs> <laughs> and Lynn came through with flying colors with of screenshots course. on the Stens page about that. Uh, Luke, by the way, says he would not live in Chicago. Sorry, uh, Chicago tents. He would live in Southern California. Chicago's Co- really cold. Yes, and windy, uh, as noted in its nickname. Yeah. More disappointment for Luke. The Godfather book that he was all excited about last week is an expensive and oversized coffee table book. Not to take on an airplane. <laughs> I liked the visual of that, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you know those seat defenders that come up on the show sometimes? The things mm-hmm. that they made briefly where you could clamp it onto your seat. Oh, for so your they, knees. You just shove that coffee table book in there. <laughs> Yeah. Guy in front of you is definitely not reclining if you've got a, a two foot tall hardcover book wedged between you and the seat. <laughs> uh, top story the creator of the Big Mac dead at a surprisingly old age of 98. Well, they he didn't must say not have that. eaten many Big Yeah, Macs. exactly. There was yeah. that one guy somewhere who ate, was it two Big Macs a day? Who was sort oh, of yeah. famous for that, but um, not this guy, apparently. Yeah. This story has captured the attention of, I think, every podcast I listened to this week. (laughs) So I've lost track of which are TBTL notes and which are other show notes. But essentially, this guy went rogue, made the sandwich. McDonald's came back and said, yeah, okay, we won't hate you for this. We're just not going to pay you for it. A couple of uh, salient details. Uh, How are burgers still so cheap? That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... Uh, the special sauce recipe in detail. And it was the moment when I was extremely disappointed in Andrew because there's a really great Simpsons drop uh, (laughs) about putting that mayonnaise in the sun. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I emailed him the MP3 of the drop after and said, I'll do all the work, but you need to use this. And he didn't use it on Friday. So, a bastard. Oh, bastard. <laughs> uh, dairy versus mayonnaise. Is dairy's not, uh, mayonnaise is not dairy, it's eggs and oil, but it's still a goopy white spread. Yes, Andrew's rules are getting more complicated, and yet it seems clearer to me somehow. Because it's definitely not about what's actually in the sauce, it's about the texture and the the psychological picture that he has of it. Yeah. Uh, My mayonnaise stand has shifted over the years. I used to be just firmly anti and now I uh, put it on a sandwich where it belongs in a moderate amount, um, but don't like it when it's abundant. Right. I was. I went. I didn't care when I was a kid about it one way or the other. And then I started working at a restaurant as a teenager, and we made our own mayonnaise for some reason. Uh, and so once I was a prep cook, and I had to mix together enormous amounts of egg, egg yolk, I should say, um, and oil in a five-gallon drum. Uh, I didn't eat mayonnaise for a long time after that. <laughs> yeah, I love how how Veeves breaks it down for Andrew. She's like, "It's eggs. You love eggs. It's oil. Yeah. You love oil." <laughs> <laughs> and he likes all the individual parts of special sauce, but he still won't eat that. Yeah, uh, Andrew asks Luke what his favorite food invention is. A question that doesn't really make any sense with that explanation. <laughs> And then just says that what he really wants is new soda flavors uh, because he feels like cola has dominated the market for far too long. (laughs) Is this maybe a regional thing, but do you guys know what Jones soda is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that comes from this side of the country, I think. Yeah, um, they have crazy flavors. Like they come out with a Thanksgiving pack every year that has gravy flavored and turkey flavored, (laughs) like all these different sodas. Not unless a gun was put to my head. <laughs> Try that. Uh, there's a soda company in Rhode Island uh, that did a blue soda with Hillary Clinton, a caricature of Hillary Clinton on it, and a red soda with a caricature of Donald Trump on it. And then due to heavy pressure from the public, also rolled out a Bernie Sanders soda, even after the <laughs> primaries. And... Um, the local news like kept reporting updates on sales as a as like a casual poll on where America was. <laughs> wow. Well yeah. seems as accurate as anything we got. Uh it was probably actually slightly more accurate as I think more Trump soda sold. Hmm. Um but I think that was just a novelty. I mean I'm sure people were more than happy to have this thing about that time that asshole ran for president. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sigh. Sigh. Um Andrew hates Werther's Originals. <laughs> because they're too smooth. <laughs> I will take all of his uh, surplus Werther's Originals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, an email from uh, Melisande. Uh, uh, I think I wrote birthday cards on accident in the notes here, but uh, she's doing a Christmas card exchange for the tens. Uh, more information about that on the Stens page. I don't know exactly if it's too late to get in on it or not, but she is um, compiling and redistributing addresses uh, in some sort of Christmas card pyramid scheme. And if you want in on that, 
uh, go do that. Also, Luke mentions, because people, including me, have been leaning on Luke and Andrew to get a P.O. box or something, uh, once in a while, Tens will reach out to us asking if we, as Little Red Bandwagon, know a good way to mail stuff to Luke and Andrew, and the answer is no. Mm-mm. We don't. Turns out Luke had a post office box in Bellingham for TBTL. Never checked it and let it expire. <laughs> <laughs> but he also never told us about it. Right. They just used it as the return address for swag at some point. Yeah. Uh, also, there was one in Port Townsend that I'm sure just died. So, uh, yeah, I hope that they get on that because... You know, but that was an integral part of the show in the radio days. People used to yep. mail stuff to Jen all the time. So, uh, Luke also details the Christmas card photo for the Burbank family Christmas card. It was taken around the pool. Apparently, Eddie was in the pool, Luke's semi fully dressed suit and swim <laughs> trunks or something, <laughs> and the Christmas trees on the diving board. It actually sounds very charming. And, it does. Uh, I think uh, photographer Hans was behind that. I think it might be his second uh, yeah, mention of the week. You're right. I think you're right. Yeah. He's slowly becoming a character in this cast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's it for my two days. All right. Friday, 2264. That's not a droid you're looking for. A title that still doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it, it, it's a, what was a stretch joke? And it yeah. just stuck. Yeah. Uh, there in Chicago, of course, Luke was on WBEZ's morning show. He is just nonstop. I know. What an exhausting yeah. week for him. I listened to that. Did you, on the Stens page, Colian posted the name of the, the morning show and said it's on the podcast. I listened to it this morning. It was a great conversation. Luke is really good. You know, he comes on TBTL and he sort of meanders around in, in his brain and lets it all hang out. But when he's on the radio in, in a very focused interview sort of arena, he's just so good. We should all give that a listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice that we get his first draft. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what he uses TVTL for to work out his jokes and his thoughts, right? right? Um, he passes along a tidbit that he learned that JFK invented the idea of the transition team and that he paid for his himself. I'm sure they don't do that anymore. No. I'm sure we pay for it. Um, right off the bat, we are going to Dream Court because Andrew had some upsetting dreams. Um we go on a little trip over to Night Court, wondering what Bull's real name is, and then wondering why they ask each other factual questions. Because they never know the answer. Okay. Okay. I think there's a little bit more of a there's a little bit more of a dive in at the front of that. It's more of a okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, Andrew's first dream was that he was pooping outside with a lightning storm coming right towards him. Yeah. Uh, Clearly live show anxiety, right? Classic anxiety (laughs) dream. (laughs) He's vulnerable. He's outside and he's about to get murdered. (laughs) Um, I wonder about the show picture for Friday. Uh, I don't even always notice the show pictures, but I happen to see that Friday's show picture was a picture of a toilet photoshopped on the side of a road with an approaching lightning storm. (laughs) (laughs) And I really want to know if he had to photoshop that or if he just Googled toilet lightning storm and found it. I wonder if this is a common dream that other people have. Yeah. (laughs) The other one was about Donald Trump. He was already president and he was at a public radio party, which is absolutely nothing he would ever do in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And Andrew was talking to him and trying to convince himself that everything is going to be okay and that Trump was going to be on the fundraiser that following Monday. Another thing he would never do. Um, I'm not even sure we're going to have public radio come January 20th. Yeah. Um, Luke thinks that we can stay engaged and try to make change and help people without going insane. And this dream is probably Andrew's attempt at trying to convince himself that everything is going to be okay. Um, I have those th- feelings a lot <laughs> lately. Like maybe it won't be a World War Three. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how much is me trying to make myself feel better and how much is me being reasonable because Luke makes some very good points about, um, I don't know, the wheels of the government turn slowly, no matter what you're trying to do, no matter how much power you have. It's just, he's not going to come in. It's not like a, a, a hotel ribbon cutting ceremony where he's going right. to just come in and be like, snip, no more we Obamacare. Have, yeah, we have checks and balances. I just listened to the new Hamilton mixtape and that made me feel better about our government. <laughs> These people really worked hard and thought a lot about it, and then hopefully this one idiot can't come in and uh, set it all on fire. I mean, he's trying his best already. He is. He's doing a good job so far. My concern is not that he's going to set it on fire. My concern is that he's going to make a phone call to the president of Taiwan, and someone else is going to bomb us. Yeah. We're halfway there. Yeah. Um, Andrew points out that, or maybe Luke does, I don't remember, um, that interesting point that um, people like us can't accept the fact that the rules don't seem to apply anymore. Truth right. doesn't seem to matter anymore. Facts and logic and numbers aren't swaying to people who are uh, Trump supporters, I guess, is what they were going after. And that is crazy making. And it really is. Yeah, um, it's very difficult for me. Me too, because it seems like, I mean, I'm very data oriented, obviously. Um, and that's literally like the only thing that convinces me of anything. Uh, I know for you and me, that's literally our jobs is data and yeah. facts. Right. <laughs> and the fact that that just can be so easily dismissed out of hand is is scary and infuriating. Um. Andrew went to see Wait, Wait, Live and noted that Peter Sagal made some pretty blue jokes that will probably be cut out. But I would love to hear the joke about Romney's balls being Mm -hmm. on that table. (laughs) I sometimes feel that Peter Sagal's humor is not always the kindest. And I I actually I really like him. So I don't mean to say that I think he's a jerk sometimes. But I I think like a lot of comedians, um, sometimes his comedy comes from a place of pain, Uh, like Mm -hmm. especially the jokes he makes about nerds and being nerds. It's really um, savage sometimes, I find. Yeah, Yeah, it is. He's on there's another um, I think it's a WBEZ podcast um, called How to Do Everything. And it recently uh, finished up its run. They just did their last episode. But Peter Sagal's on that show all the time. And it's a little more unfiltered. Um, it's not broadcast on the radio, I don't think. And uh, his humor is pretty biting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was also a How to Do Everything fan and sad to see it go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he would get dragged in as sort of a third mic on that show. He wasn't a right. host on it. And so that sort of disorienting part also, he wasn't necessarily primed to host. And so he would just come in hot. Yeah, and they often used him as a taste tester, which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm so glad that show exists. If you haven't heard of it, you should go back and listen to to the old episodes. They're kind of timeless. You know, a lot of them aren't. Uh, 
uh, about the news or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and he's so great on those shows. Did you catch why it ended? I missed if it was, I missed if. No, I, I didn't. I didn't listen to every single episode and I missed a chunk in there and I came in at their second to last and I thought they were joking. Yeah, I, I kind of did the same thing too. The last few as they were starting to mention that they were leaving. I wonder if one of the producers, because it's two, for those of you who are not aware, the two lead producers of the show co-host this sort of side project and it's very goofy. Mm-hmm. And some yeah. weeks they just didn't do it and some weeks it would be short and, um, I wonder if one of them is leaving for another job, because if one of them left, that show could not continue. It's so personality driven. Right. Aren't they both involved in Wait, Wait? Yeah. One's the executive producer and one's the senior producer or something. Yeah. 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 And it's their chemistry is good. And and yeah, it would be impossible with just one of them. Right. Uh, Top story for today. Buzz Aldrin was uh, airlifted to New Zealand uh, after having some medical issues in the South Pole. Um, I wish him well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke uh, notes that he is keeping it tight. <laughs> he is a ripped old man. Uh, yoked. <laughs> yoked. Yoked yeah. and fashionable. <laughs> He's shredding it. Uh, and and we get a lot of weird criticism, I think, from Luke uh, about Buzz Aldrin, that maybe he is on Twitter too much and maybe he's too extreme uh, and that he's not a good actor. It's like, kick a man when he's down. He's in the hospital. Let's be nice to him. He did. He did a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, um, he, he criticized what, the fact that he in his photos he is wearing the T-shirt that says "Get your ass to Mars" on it. Uh, I googled it. There are a variety of "Get your ass to Mars" T-shirts, and I would like one. Yeah, way to go, Buzz Aldrin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everything he's doing is great. He's awesome, and I hope he stays healthy for a long time. Um. Top story number two, I guess, is that a guy stole, just very casually, walked up to an armored truck and just grabbed a bucket of $1.6 million of gold flakes. <laughs> and he just sort of trotted off with it, um, slowly anyway. Uh, Andrew thinks it's kind of cool and romantic to steal a whole bunch of gold. I think it would be a pain in the ass. What are you going to do with that? Exactly. How are yeah. you going to move those gold flakes? How are you going to turn that into money without alerting? I mean, everybody knows about this. Yeah, and also, even if you go into, like, a cash-for-gold place, this isn't grandma's jewelry or whatever. Like, how do you show up and be like, hey, I just have these family heirloom gold flakes I want to pawn? Yeah. Maybe yeah, you, have it's a to, pretty... you have to go out to um, Montana or Wyoming or somewhere and set up a fake gold panning business. You just have to go underground and get it melted Yeah, down, I think. <laughs> I don't know what else you would do, and who knows how to do that. Um, side little conversation of Luke trying to figure out what he's going to do for Livewire. He doesn't have that planned out yet. And they land on uh, just ripping off some Gallagher stuff, getting some watermelons, and smashing them on stage. So Solid I hope plan. that's what actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that whatever theater they're in will be thrilled. Yes. Oh, the one thing, other thing that I wanted to say about the gold flake story is this is where you really understand the difference between men and women, because there is no way a woman could just grab an 85 pound bucket of gold flakes and walk away with it. Just because of it being so heavy? Yes. I don't know. Could you carry 85 pounds a mile down the street? I sure couldn't. Probably not. Well, I mean... If she had a change of shoes with her, and <laughs> now last time I made a stupid joke like that, I got yelled at. So I'm going to stop now. 
Let me put my sneakers on real quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, music for your weekend. We only get two. No listener suggestion this time. Uh, Luke gives us John Prine, Crazy as a Loon. And Andrew gives us the Silver Jews with New Orleans because they're in Chicago. Makes sense to me. Nope. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, with that, let's go to housekeeping. Um, Christy and Mike are hard at work at this secret project. If you have questions for Mike about his life of crime or anything related to his uh, drug-taking, bank-robbing, prison-staying days, um, I think they're about ready to start recording. So any last-minute questions, you can get them in under the wire. Uh, I am I know almost nothing about this, so I'm looking forward to it as much as anybody. On our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms, they just dropped a, a new episode this morning. From what I can tell, it looks like it's songs about cowboys. It should be fun. And Nerd Out Loud will have a new episode this Monday, which would be today, the day you're listening to it, uh, with friend of the show, Jeremy Henson. And I have a note they're going to talk about Jeremy Holmes's Thanksgiving mess with his family that he talked about a little bit on our Thanksgiving special, as well as some fake news. And they're going to do a deep dive on going potty in space, which is probably the right place for that talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a reminder to you, if you go to prettysnarky.com and buy some of Jen and Jason's beautiful uh, gift cards and uh, gift tags, use the promo code bandwagon for 20% off because they love us. And as you are getting on into the holiday shopping time, remember that we have an Amazon link. If you'd like to give us a few dollarinis or centerinis from your purchases, that's a littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. And in our, our new area that we're focusing on a little bit, the area of critical commentary, we have had four more new iTunes reviews this, this week. And I think they were all five stars. You yeah, guys, they were that's all so really sweet. awesome. Very nice. You don't have to give us five stars. I mean, we like five stars, but um, maybe just give us five stars on iTunes and then send us an email with the real right. criticism. <laughs> <laughs> Any well, constructive criticism is absolutely welcome. You're welcome yes. to also talk S about us and then still give us five stars. Because yeah. you won't mess up the math if you <laughs> shit on us. That's what Mike did. <laughs> But we are are very grateful for all the feedback. If you'll remember, months ago now, we actually sent out a survey and we got a lot of great feedback on that, which we used to implement some changes on the show. So Mm -hmm. if you have something uh, to say or you have an idea that you think would make the show better, just let us know. We are absolutely happy to hear that. Uh, get involved. Go to littleredbandwagon.com. Fill out the form to be a guest on the show. Um, join us on our Facebook page or on the Sense page. Give us a shout on Twitter at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com or send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. And as I mentioned, please feel free to review us on iTunes. Well, guys, so good to talk to you. Good to have Meredith back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Uh, Everybody keep your ears open for the fun content coming up. And if uh, we don't have anything else, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen.
nailed it. 